Um, I'm reading today, today from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 to 25, and it's on page 858 in your Black Bibles if you need to follow it there. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits, visits us. Submit yourselves to the Lord. For the Lord's sake, to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honour the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Be committed, uh, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted to him, himself to him. Sorry, instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in this body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading. Thank you. I'm not cutting. I'm just asking. Let me tell you something, all right? We have been sitting around here for over an hour, and when I look around, all I see are people shooting the bull and drinking coffee. How can I help you? Oh, he was first. No, you go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Me too. You're right. Excuse me? You're right? How those words taste coming out of your mouth? Mike Vinegar. Who is that, SJ? Big Mike. He goes to high school here. What is he wearing? It's below freezing. Do you have any place to stay tonight? Don't you dare lie to me. Was this a bad idea? What's the big deal? It's just for one night. It is just for one night, right, Leanne? Tell me just one thing I should know about you. Well, Alexa could call Big Mike. Leah, is this another one of your charities? I need to find out more about his past. 
He's been enrolled in seven different institutions. His grade point average begins with zero. He needs to do better in school. I'd love to work with him. This is mine? Yes, sir. Never had one before. Want a room to yourself? A bed. Michael's grades have improved enough that he can go out for spring football. How's he doing? I haven't quite gotten the hang of it yet. It's all really nice what you're doing, but don't be surprised if one day you wake up and he gone. I heard you got your new mama now. She fine, too. Michael was here. Tell him to sleep with one eye open. You threatened my son. You threatened me. Sandra Bullock. The Blind Side. I said you could thank me later. It's later, Bert. The Blind Side. Who's seen it? Great film. Great film. Uh, you would have got that picture of what would happen. Uh, Michael Orr. It's a true story. He, uh, that's exactly almost what happened to him. He was on the street, had nothing, was brought into a family picked up, taken, made part of the family. He went on to become one of the all-stars of NFL. He's still playing today, I think, as well. Uh, you can still see him on, uh, at different times if you want to NFL footy. Uh, it's a fantastic story, though, isn't it, of someone who was outside of family, had nothing, deserted, living on the streets, but gets brought into a family, is incorporated into that family, and grows up and becomes part of that family. Uh, when you see Sandra Bullock, who just... That's why we need new windows. Um, uh, it didn't quite happen at the right time. It should have been more punchy, shouldn't it? Um, it was a window fell down. It was all right. Um, Sandra Bullock, who's Mrs. Tui, is a great, that great line, isn't it, when she's facing up to the gang members who Michael was part of beforehand, and she says, you threatened my, my son, you threatened me. It's a great line, isn't it? She's actually incorporated him and made him part of the family. Uh, someone who you would never have thought of could have been part of that family becomes part of that family. Well, I think that's what two, 1 Peter is saying to us this morning, isn't it, in that passage. Open up the Bible, have a look, and see what God is saying to us this morning. Because in the first few verses there, you're going to see it's almost the exactly same thing he's saying to us. If I can stop mine from being blown around. Uh, in 1 Peter, we've seen that uh, we were on the dark side in one sense. We were out uh, in a world that was dark around us and we were part of that world that God has reached into, our, into that and grabbed us and made us part of his family, part of his community. We were once not a people, now we are a people. And look what he says to us, what, who we are now. He says, when we know and trust and believe in Jesus, this is us. You are family. Look, he says, but you are a chosen people. God has reached out to us. When we didn't want to have anything to do with him, he has grabbed us and he has brought us to himself and he's made that possible because of Jesus. We are now in his family all because of Jesus. We couldn't be there any other way. It's not us, it's all him. 
He has chosen us and he has brought us in. And he's made us a royal priesthood. Uh, this is Old Testament terminology here that Paul, Peter's packing on top of each other to show just how special a relationship we have with God in Jesus. We're not just a priesthood, we are a royal priesthood. Uh, we are actually serving the Most High God. We're not just serving anyone, we are serving the King of Eternity. That's why we're the royal priesthood. You know, there are no longer any other priests. You don't need to think of any, there are no more priests in this world. It's all of us. There's not special people set aside anymore. It's us. We are a royal priesthood. We are to come to God and we are to present ourselves as a sacrifice to him. We're not to bring anything else to him. It's us. Paul says to give our whole lives as a sacrifice to God. That is our spiritual act of worship. It's all of us that we bring to him. And we've been made a holy nation, a distinct people, a distinct community. That's what we heard about a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? That we have been brought into that. That you and I are in this amazing relationship with God. When he looks at us, he sees us as family, as sons and daughters of him. And he loves us intently. It's wonderful, isn't it? And you know that he hasn't just done that on an individual basis. It's not just that he's picked you and chosen you. He has chosen us. It's you are. It's a group thing. It's a together thing that we together are this. Yeah, individually we are saved and we're brought into his family, but we're brought into a family. We're not just brought into an individual relationship with God. We are brought into a community relationship with God. It's us together. We're part of that. We're brought into that. You know, for us, for people who are Christians, church, the community of God, the people of God, that's what we call church. It's not the building. It's us. We don't have an option to opt out of that. We're actually in it. As soon as we trust and believe in Jesus, we are actually in the family. Uh, at the school, they have a big permission note. Kids who know about it. On that big permission note, they have all these things and you tick the box, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And they have the scripture one at the bottom, yes or no. It's an opt-in or an opt-out situation. We don't have that when it comes to God's community, when it comes to God's church, when it comes to us together. We don't have an opt-in and out. We are in it. We are brought into that. Jesus has brought us into that family and into that community. We can't opt out of it. We may not operate well within it, but we can't opt out of it. That is part of who we are. And the joy of this is saying that together we are to become one and work it together and grow in that together. Because you see, we've been brought into it together to be the praises of God. Don't jump down to the next one just yet, uh, Dylan. I don't know whether you realise, but actually you and I together, us, are God's main strategy to reach the community around us. Do you know that? Us together, not just us individually, but us together, are God's main strategy to reach the community around us. Uh, you know, they're going to reach it by us bringing God's word to them and living that out, but it's us. Because you see what Peter says next? He says, But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, we have been called to bring the praises of God into the world, to declare the praises of God to the world around us. 
and we just find exactly what we're up to. And we're called out of light to be praises to that. We are to call to bring that out into the world. That's why we used the torch illustration today. Uh, it was to show that we are to be a light into this world around us that seems to be dark and heading off in a completely different direction to what God would want us to do and the world to do. We are to shine a light into that world around us that we are to be the people who declare the praises of God to wherever he is. That we are to shine that light into the world. The other day, uh, other night I got up, I'm not too sure why, and I went out into the kitchen and when I came back the room was really dark and Karina was asleep and I thought I won't flick the light on, I'll just sneak in and get back into bed. And you know what I did? As I went past the desk that's in our room that's not normally there, bang! I kicked my toe! And it took every bit of ounce of effort within me not to yell out and wake up the whole house. But that's what darkness does, doesn't it? You can't see properly. And you kick things and you hurt things and you do things. And so often I think we even as Christians think that we want to go back to the dark. We want to go back into that darkness of the world around us that doesn't know God, that doesn't know the light of Jesus, that doesn't know how wonderful it is to know him, that we want to go back into that darkness again. But Jesus has flicked a light onto us so that we don't have to kick our toes. So we can know how to live here and now. But why do we keep going back to that darkness? It's a funny thing, isn't it? Whereas we have the light of Jesus and a life in him that should bring up so much joy for us, shouldn't it? I read a quote last week from C.S. Lewis and I'm going to read it again this week because I think it needs to keep coming back to us to remind us uh, that we don't want to go back to that darkness because the light is so much better. Uh, this is what C.S. Lewis said. Uh, for those who don't know C.S. Lewis, he, he wrote The Narnia Tales. That's probably his most popular one in the world. But he wrote a whole lot of other books. If you want to read one good book in your life, read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Fantastic. Uh, it's a good one to give away to people too. This is what he said. He says, We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition with, when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because we cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. It's great quiet, isn't it? We are far too easily pleased. We want to go back to it. And then we stub our toe and our kick our toe and we destroy things around us and we realise we should have been back here and then we've got to go back to it again. But what we want to do is stay in the light, the light of Jesus and proclaim his praises to the world around us to say how wonderful and how great he is. Because we are God's people, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to declare the praises of God to the world so that the world shall praise him. Look at what he says in verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that is those that don't believe in God, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. See, we are to declare God's praises, but we are to live such good lives in the world around us so that the world says, I want that. God is so good. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching TV lately at the moment, but you'll notice that just about 
Uh, every couple of ads, there'll be the ad for the new NRL football season or the new AFL football season. And it's all pizzazz, it's all lights, and especially NRL, it's uh, uh, John Bon Jovi, he gets up and he sings and you got bits going on all around the place and he goes, this is our house. Come to our house. This is the place where all the excitement is. It's this big promo, the guys are smashing into each other and you're starting to salivate waiting for the football season. Well, those that like footy are anyway. Those who aren't are thinking, what on earth is this all about? Uh, but the idea of that, of that NRL ad, is to grab you and say, this is exciting stuff. You want to get into this. It's a promo for it. Your life, your life, your life, my life, our lives together are to be a promo to say, how good is God? Together. Our lives are to represent just how wonderful he is so that when people do look at us, they say, I do want to know what that's all about. And it's by the way that we live our lives. It's to live such good lives amongst the community around us that people are out there going to say, I want to know about that God, who he is and what he's like. There's a film called Bobby. I don't know whether you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's a good quote that comes out of it. Uh, it's a film about the story of Robert Kennedy and his assassination uh, in 1968. And there's a scene within it uh, that there's this argument going on between uh, a black chef called Edward Robinson, who's played by a guy called Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, he's arguing with a Mexican waiter called Miguel. Uh, the staff are sitting around a table, they're eating together and they're arguing over it because it's a really, 1968 is an extreme period of tension between the races within America. And so they're going hard at it and they're talking about it and they're getting frustrated about it. And uh, Miguel's getting angry about the injustice of what's going on and he's having a go at uh, Edward, the black chef, about the fact that he doesn't get up there and say stuff about it. Uh, And so this is what the chef says to him, to Miguel. He says, you know your problem, kid? You've got no poetry. You've got no light. You've got no one looking at you and saying, man, look at that Miguel. I want some of what he got. You've got no poetry. You've got no light. You've got no one looking at you saying, man, I want what he's got. That's what this passage is saying to us, isn't it? that we are to live good, such good lives among the pagans, among the people who don't know Jesus, among those at this point in time don't know God, that they look at us and they go, man, I want some of what they've got. And you know what? It's not just an individual thing. It's what some of them got, that what we've got together. Something I've been hopefully hammering and hammering and hammering through 1 Peter is this sense that we are a community together, that it's not just individuals out there doing this by themselves, but we together are doing it, one on one, not just one-on-one, but as a group together. Yeah, as we're by ourselves, we've got to live that, but it's not, you're not alone in that. We're in that together. We're living it together. And together we want to shine that out to the world around us. You see, because we together are on a mission from God. We together are on a mission so that people in our community around us come to know Jesus. 
and we're on it together. It's not just an individual thing. We are on it together, guys. And I think what we need to start thinking about is it's not just me as a Christian living it out there. It's us together living it out there. And we together need to start thinking about how do we incorporate people into us and what we're doing. We need to think about how every day in what we're doing, how can we shine such good lives together that people around us want to say, I want to know about that. And so what we're suggesting to you, and I think what this passage is suggesting to you, is that it's not about that we need to keep running more and more events. We need, don't need to keep putting on more and more stuff. What we need to do is just start adding people to what we're already doing. That we need to just start thinking about how do I add someone into what I'm already in. Don't start thinking about, well, I need to start having more dinners with people. I need to start going out and doing more stuff for people. Now, some of those things could be good. But what about we start thinking about adding people to the stuff that we already do? I'm going down the street. I'm going to have a coffee. How can I add someone to that? I'm sitting at home. I'm watching St George uh, narrowly beat Newcastle on Thursday night. What about I invite someone to watch that with me? I'm going to watch it anyway. Or the Broncos destroy Parramatta on Friday night. How can I invite someone to sit there and watch that with me? Well, I know. Especially if they win, then you may not want to be sitting beside me. But I suppose what I want to encourage you to do is so often we've thought that evangelism and mission and reaching our community is about we need to put on an event. But what I want to say to you, I think the Bible is saying to you, evangelism is an event, it's us. Together, living everyday life, showing what it is to have the light of Jesus in our lives and how that impacts us and people seeing that and then them wanting to know about it and then us telling them about it. And if we're not doing that, then inviting them to be part of another lot of people who may get to talk to them about it. Invite them along to the things that you're doing as Christians. Invite people from the community to come along and go to the beach with you, have meals with you, spend time with you. Because what I want to encourage us to do is that we start living our everyday life with a missional focus. That we start thinking everything that we do is a sign to how good God is. Uh, in our growth groups this week, if you get along, uh, there's a little table you're going to see and uh, we'll click that up on the screen. And when it, just, This is just to help you to think about it now. Uh, it's a little table you can have. Uh, you may not want to do it as uh, set out like this, but it's just getting us into that mode of thinking. Now, what's the activity that we do? Okay, I go bowling on Tuesday. It's a roll-up by myself. Who can I invite to come along? A community component. So I invite someone to come be, be part of that with me. All right, well, it's not someone who's part of my uh, God's community here at the moment. What about I invite someone who doesn't come to the church, but someone else who's there, and I invite someone who is part of our community here as well, together. So we have a missional component to it. What about, well, maybe when that's happening, let me just be praying that God opens up the door somewhere along the line for that person to say, I want to know what you've got. They may not ask it in that wording, but in some way they ask, so... Is it about you Christians? How does that all work together? How come you like spending time together? How come you like bringing people? How come you like loving one another even though they barrack for different teams? Even though they wear their clothes slightly differently? Even though they come from a different socioeconomic background to you? Even though they're completely different to you? How come you love one another like that? 
during the week when you get home and you sit back and I know it's been tough and you've had a hard week and but you've got 7.30, you've got probably an hour up your sleeve before you go to bed. How about we think about, all right, I'd sit down and have a cup of tea normally. What about I get out, I drive my car around, the person around the block, I go and knock on their door and say, how about I have a cup of tea with it? Spend half an hour, have a cuppa, go home. Still be in bed by 8.30, big dog's only just beating you. It's fine. How good's that? You've got to go, you're going to go to Lismore this week. You've got to go do some shopping. How about you think about giving someone a buzz and say if they want to come up with you, they want to travel up there. Just have a chat in the car. It's good to spend time with one another. I, I think as a society, we've tended to think, well, I'm going to do it and I'll just do it by myself. I'm going to watch TV. I don't want anyone else there. I'm going to shut the doors. I'm going to close it up. I'm just going to sit there and watch TV all by myself. And it's hard, isn't it, to get out of that whole mindset. Now, there may be opportunities where you just need to do that sometimes. You need to have space. But how about, I think it's the opposite for most of us. Most of us actually need to start thinking about adding people rather than subtracting them. Start thinking about those opportunities that you have to invite people into it. So don't add events, just add people. Because we are a new community. We are a people of God who've been made into that new new community to be people who praise God and declare his praises. We have been made into that community to declare his praises and to take his praises to the world. We are to be people who have poetry and light of the love of Jesus within us so that when people look at us together, they go, man, I want some of what they've got. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we've only touched on even a small part of that passage, just a couple of verses, but within it, Lord, it's really unpacked a whole lot of things about how we are to live and what we are to do and that, Lord, you have brought us out of darkness into light, that, Lord, you have chosen us, you have made us a royal priesthood, you have made us uh, your nation, your people. And we want to thank you and praise you for that, Lord, and we want to be able to declare that in the way that we live such good lives amongst those around us. So that people will ask, what is it about you guys? What is it about you and the way that you live? Why are you like that? Lord, we pray that by your spirit you'll do a mighty work within us together, that people will ask that. And that, Lord, you'll do a mighty work by your spirit that we will live such good lives. And, Lord, you'll do a mighty work by your spirit that will enable us to respond in a way that does point to you and to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.